Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. It's great to be with you today. I am Boyd Matheson. And, you know, it's easy on a day like today. Uh, you got the president delivering this uh, big speech, rolling out uh, additional programs. Uh, you've got a response, of course, that will come uh, from Tim Scott and the Republicans later on. Uh, it's very easy for this to become a very partisan kind of day. And we always want to make sure we elevate and get beyond that, uh, because so often we we look at political figures and we think they're just these caricatures of whether someone it's someone we love or hate, someone we can turn into a a, a demon. Uh, or someone who's evil that we can have contempt for, uh, when the reality is is that most of these folks are just doing the best that they can uh, and trying to get some positive things done. And uh, really pleased to be joined now on the program by Joe Trippi. Joe, uh, most of you will know as a major Democratic strategist, one of the great thinkers on the left side of the aisle. Uh, he's a campaign innovator. He's the author of The Revolution Will Not Be Televised, a commentator, and uh, Joe, you you took to Twitter last week in uh, something I have declared as the best use of Twitter in a decade, uh, and that oh, is wow. you you did a uh, tweet storm about Walter Mondale, former vice president. And as soon as I saw that, I, I turned to our producer Kelly and said, "We have to figure out how to get Joe on to tell this story." So thank you for joining us, and uh, looking forward to hearing some of your connection and remembrance of the former vice president. Uh, yeah, Boyd. Well, thanks for that compliment, and thanks for having me on. Uh, you know, it was I was in my my mid twenties, I think, uh, and I. I'd, been running Iowa for Fritz, and uh, he always had this thing where he, once the plane got loaded up with the press corps and the traveling team, uh, he would come off the plane and walk, take me for a walk around the plane on the tarmac two or three times, and and you know usually it was a talk about how like his life was in my hands and you know we couldn't blow Iowa and stuff no like pressure. that. No pressure, yeah, <laughs> yeah, no pressure, just don't blow it, kid. Um, but, you know, before we got there, we talked about all kinds of things. And one time he, he started asking me about my father, and I explained to him that we hadn't talked in like five years because I'd left college to, to go to work in politics. And, and my dad wanted me to take over the family business, and and he just stopped talking to me. And I didn't think anything of it. We won Iowa uh, about a month later uh, after that conversation. And then um, I got sent to Pennsylvania uh, where it turned out we were down by 14 points and uh, with about a month to go. And all our modeling inside the campaign showed that if we lost Pennsylvania, there weren't enough delegates left uh, for Mondale to secure the nomination. We, it was uh, you know, Iowa had been a must-win, and now Pennsylvania was. And so Fritz would, again, for about a month, we did the walk around the tarmac every time he flew into to Pennsylvania. 
Um, and then we ended up winning Pennsylvania. Um, and that night, uh, uh, I got a call from his traveling aide saying, hey, you get up to the suite fast. Fritz wants to see you before you, he goes downstairs to make his acceptance, his victory speech. Um, and so I, you know, jumped on the elevator, went up, uh, walked into the room, into the suite, and there was Mondale uh, uh, sitting there with, with my dad, uh, wow. this old Italian uh, guy. Uh, and somehow Fritz had remembered that conversation. This conversation with him about my dad not talking to me had happened like four, three or four months earlier. I mean, yeah. you know, eons in a presidential campaign. Right. He not only remembered it, but he, you know, he got the staff to find, locate my dad, didn't tell me, uh, made sure he was in Philadelphia that night and, and was determined to get us to reconcile. Um, and he, I mean, here was like this, all the pressure of that state and everything. And he was thinking about, about bringing my, me and my dad, uh, back together. Um, and, uh, it was just one of these things where he, he, uh, uh, had been, you know, fighting Fritz. He'd been carrying these boxing gloves around with him, right. uh, you know, saying he was going to carry them until he he beat the straw, uh, you know, uh, the string of losses. The heart was vanquished, and here he had vanquished them. And the tr- Lil Hog, the the guy who traveled with him, handed him the gloves, and Fritz just said, well, "I don't need these anymore." Signed, uh, you know, to Rocky Trippy with thanks, Fritz Mondo gave me the gloves and grabbed my dad. And took him downstairs to the ballroom with him, and made him stand on the stage behind him uh, as he gave his his victory speech. It's still I still very seldom can get through this without without choking up because it just talks about what a decent, um, caring um, uh, guy Fritz Mondale was. Pro- definitely the most decent um, uh, guy, uh, generous, and just uh, always looking out for others, not, not even when, you know, his own career was on the line, uh, how he could be thinking about things like that and actually, you know, bringing us together. And, it, you know, several years later, uh, when my dad passed away, I, I, I actually tucked one of those gloves in with him to rest with him, and, and the other one I still have and cherish, you know, in homage to, to Fritz Mondale, who, who really touched my life and so many other people's lives that people have no idea um uh, about what what he was really like uh, beyond the caricature that that you know that that politics and the the the, the pounding that you take uh, and that he took in in that uh, in that campaign against Reagan, which we were demolished. I mean, I think we we won one state again. <laughs> he, he he had the the bad luck of running against you know probably the most popular back then you know the most popular politician you could ha- have to be up against regardless of party. Yeah, well, and I think it's so uh, indicative of who he was uh, as a person. It is. It's it's what these. Uh, people do far away from the cameras and the lights and the sound bites and and all of that, where where a real difference is made, where real legacies are created. Uh, I actually played earlier this week uh, on the show uh, the the moment where where Walter Mondale, uh, as the vice president, had to do the counting of the ballots uh, of the electoral college, and uh, it was so it was so classy. You know, he 
Obviously, yeah. he only won one. They only won one state. Uh, they're in eighty, and uh, and he laughed and uh, said, "You know, I did it. I I delivered a route." And uh, but he got a, <laughs> but he got a standing ovation from from his colleagues yes. as he well, read. Well, he that. was like that. I mean, even when uh, when Reagan let off that really that debate where he let off the, you know, I won't uh, hold my uh, my opponent's youth and inexperience against him. Uh, you know, when he, he shot that across uh, Fritz's bow in the middle of the debate, and, and Fritz didn't come back angry. He, 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 he laughed. He thought it was a great joke. He thought it was a great, you know, a great line. He had always reacted with that kind of class and, and decency. Um, and, yeah, when he, when he, as vice president, uh, uh, conducted the, the certification, uh, that was another moment where, indeed, I think both sides, of the chamber, yeah. you know, erupted in, in uh, a big ovation to him because of how class, classy he was in handling that defeat. Yeah, so so many great lessons there, and I know they're uh, waiting to have the uh, uh, the official tribute and ceremonies uh, for the former vice president until September. Uh, but Joe Trippi, we appreciate you joining us today, uh, and again as a uh, Democratic strategist, you're you're one of those uh, who can. Who can go head to head with a Carl Rove and uh, do it with class and dignity and and really showing the country that uh, it's not about disagreeing less. It's just about disagreeing better. And so we appreciate your voice on the national stage and for joining us on Inside Sources today. Thanks, Boyd. Thanks for having me. All right. Really we'll have you back. It. We have we have more to talk about. We're going to have you back soon uh, to break some things down for us. <laughs> Absolutely. Look forward to it. All right. Very good. That's again. That's Joe Trippy, Democratic strategist political commentator, and again, some great insight. Uh, just love that story and that experience that he had with Walter Mondale. Uh, just shows the class of someone uh, who, who, as Joe said, had the misfortune of uh, going up against Ronald Reagan twice, uh, once in the vice president's slot, once as the presidential nominee, and, uh, and yet had such an authenticity and, uh, and grace about it that he could disagree uh, without being disagreeable and could uh, always move forward and to look to the people in terms of what actually matters most in the end. All right, time for us to step aside for a quick commercial break. When we come back, it is my annual State of the Union address. It is the State of the Union, not the State of the Government, not the State of Politics, the State of the Union coming up next. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. 